So hey guys, welcome along to Scheme Me Up Body and uh, Star Trek Beyond. Uh, I actually had to sit down and watch this one again before I did this podcast. That's part of the reason that it held me up a wee bit as well. I literally, I've only watched this movie once or twice since it was released. And uh, I don't know, some of the stuff I've been reading up about it online, uh, you know... It seems to be 50-50 of Star Trek Beyond. There seems to be a lot of praise for it. And, you know, a lot of dislike for it as well. But I think the dislike is coming from the the hardcore fans, the classic fans and whatnot. Just, you know, people don't like new stuff. Or, you know, reimagined versions of classic things like Star Trek. Uh, it's always going to be up against it with the, the hardcore audience whenever you try to reboot something and you know as far as the, the Star Trek reboot itself went I thought it was absolute genius that they were able to not just reboot the series but also have it as a continuation of the original series of movies so it's I enjoyed it for that uh, if you heard my talk about Star Trek and the Darkness, the, the way this kind of started falling off it for me there, they just seemed to be doing, you know, alternate universe, they do the, the, a similar thing, but switch it, switch the roles, whatever it may be, and do exactly the same thing, just in a slightly different way, and I was hoping we would get away from it in this movie, but we don't really, uh, Kirk in this movie has his, uh, moment of doubt on himself and he's thinking about leaving the captain's chair and uh, you know what for me that sort of harkened back to the the storyline in Star Trek 2 whenever Kirk was feeling you know I'm, I'm getting old here and like he was getting down because he was, wasn't the young man he was anymore and it felt that they were going down that sort of a route and this one here so for me you know, it is slightly different, but at the same time, I'm still thinking to myself, you know, uh, I kind of see why they're doing it, but uh, Chris Payne is a bit on the young side in this movie to be having these issues, but it's more or less, you know, just the routine that's getting to him in this movie. And of course, as it's the third movie in the rebooted series of films, and we destroyed the Enterprise, and the original third Star Trek movie, The Search for Spock. We're going to have to destroy the Enterprise in this one as well, so they do that. So, uh, you know, that's the action sequences in this movie are beautiful, the effects are fantastic, and uh, that is what it is. It's a great time. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm on board for anything Star Trek, and I can sit down, watch a movie, and take out the good from the movie and you know if there is any bad there I can acknowledge it but I'm not going to let it destroy it for me you know as much as a <laughs> an ear bashing as I give Star Trek in the darkness that's not a movie that I'm never going to watch again if it is on or I'm stuck with nothing to do for a night I'll give it a spin for definite so in, two, yeah. so in 2016 we got Star Trek Beyond. Now the one thing I would say about the new Star Trek movies is the titles of them. Star Trek Into Darkness, Star Trek Beyond, 
I just feels that I don't know they're getting kind of lazy on titles for the movies and those last two I was hoping for something a little bit more iconic for a title of a Star Trek movie you know like you've got the Wrath of Khan you know the search for Spock the voyage home the undiscovered country the final frontier all brilliant titles for movies but and the darkness and beyond I was just kind of like guys you know your movie looks great I'm enjoying up your game when it comes to actually title and stuff right here so this time JJ Abrams is not in the directing chair it's Justin Lin it was written by Simon Pegg Doug Chung and based upon of course Star Trek the TV series the 13th film in the franchise uh, third installment of the reboot trilogy uh, it started principal photography started in Vancouver June 25th 2015 it premiered in Sydney July 7th 2016 and was released in the United States on July 22nd 2016 uh, the film is dedicated to Yelchin now I'm kind of gutted that that kind of left my mind while I was watching this and uh, you know Anton Yelchin who plays Chekhov in this film or in the the rebooted trilogy Star Trek and, and Star Trek in the Darkness and of course Beyond here uh, died in a freak accident uh, involving his car where he left that and just going by memory here but if I, I do recall properly um, something happened he came home and the brakes failed in his car after he left it and he ended up getting pinned between it and a wall which ended up killing him so that is a disaster that's you know that, that guy you know had talent uh, you know in all honesty it didn't seem anything else outside of Star Trek but very very likeable man and of course that's also uh, dedicated to the memory of Leonard Nimoy who died during the pre-production of this movie and uh, you know it was nice in that film to get a little tribute to the character of Spock and of course like a double tribute to Nimoy himself within the film so you know I love little <coughs> nods I got to what has came before and of course uh, you know you think of Star Trek you know Leonard Nimoy is the one that's going to stand out from the crowd and just about all of them so plot wise within <coughs> excuse me I've got a frog in my throat plot, plot wise within the movie uh, the Enterprise arrives at Starbase Yorktown for resupply and surely for its crew at this point they're what three years into their five year mission uh, struggling to find meaning in the journey Captain Kirk has applied for promotion to Vice Admiral he recommends Spock as a, as a replacement uh, meanwhile Sulu reunites with his family Scotty works to keep the ship operational and Spock and Ahura have ended their relationship and of course Spock also receives news from New Vulcan that Ambassador Spock has died. Um, the Enterprise 
as dispatching a rescue mission after an escape pod drifts out of a nearby uncharted nebula. Its occupant, Kalara, claims her ship is stranded on Ultimate, a planet in the nebula, and a massive swarm of ships ambushes and quickly begins to tear the Enterprise apart. The swarm's leader, Kral, and his crew board the crippled Enterprise, capture and kill many crew members and attempt to capture the Abernath, a relic recovered during a recent mission. Kirk orders the crew to abandon the ship, of course, the Enterprise is, you know, it is literally in pieces before halfway into the movie here. Uh, on the planet, Kral captures Sulu, Uhura and the other survivors, Kirk and Chekhov, accompanied by Kalara, locate the Enterprise saucer section. Knowing that Kalara knew they would be attacked, they trick her under revealing herself as Kral's spy. She is killed when Kirk and Chekhov escape Kral's soldiers and flip the Enterprise saucer, crashing on top of her. You know, again, the, the action sequences within this movie are absolutely fantastic. I, they're really, really good looking movies, but you know what, I think they're pushing the action a little bit further than what your average Star Trek fan really wanted to have. You know, we wanted more character development and whatnot but you do get a lot of that in this film as well like between uh mccoy and spock have their moments in here as well and uh you know there's a lot of a lot of really good moments in here spock and mccoy end up together for a good part of the movie on the surface of the planet whenever they the crew are separated and spock explains to mccoy that the tension he witnessed between him and her at yorktown was due to his intention to leave Starfleet to help the Vulcan survivors and continue late, late Ambassador Spock's work. Jayla, a scavenger who previously escaped Kral's encampment where her father was killed, rescues Scotty and takes him to her makeshift home which turns out to be the USS Franklin, an early Starfleet vessel reported missing over a century earlier. Scott is reunited with Kirk and Chekhov, McCoy and Spock. Kral co coerces the Enterprise crew to hand over the Abernath, then uses it to complete an ancient bioweapon. With the device complete, Kral intends to kill Yorktown's inhabitants and use the base to attack the United Federation of Planets. Kirk and the others free the crew as Kral launches into space with his bioweapon, leading his drones to the Yorktown. Like the, that whole drone squadron that he has is, you know, a formidable enemy and made short work of the Enterprise for definite. The Enterprise survivors power up the Franklin, launcher in pursuit of Kral, theorizing that the swarm's system may be vulnerable to high frequencies such as VHF or radio, they jam and destroy the swarm by broadcasting the song Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Now, yeah, I kind of like that touch in this movie, you know, and Star Trek you're used to that classical score the whole time, and to mix it up a little bit, especially with the Beastie Boys, which is a nice little touch in this one, it really, really worked well for what they were doing at the end of this movie. 
Kral is chased by the Franklin through Yorktown. Uhura, Kirk and Scotty discover that the Franklin's logs uh, that Kral is actually Captain Edison, a pre-Federation human soldier. Edison rejected the Federation principles of unity and cooperation with former enemies like the Zindi and the Romulans. Uh, it was nice to have a little reference to and a Star Trek movie towards like the Zindi, you know, uh, uh, of course Star Trek Enterprise was set before Kirk's time and it was after the movies more or less, so you, like it was nice to get a movie where you got something that harkened back to something within the Star Trek Enterprise series. When he and his crew, this is a Captain Edison, when he and his crew were stranded on Ultimate by a wormhole, the survivors used the extinct natives technology to prolong their lives at the cost of the others and repurposed the ancient race's dormant mining drone workers into swarms. Thinking the Federation had abandoned them, Edison planned to destroy the Federation and resume galactic conflict. Kirk pursues Edison and the Yorktown's ventilation system where Edison reactivates the bioweapon before it can spread. Kirk ejects it and Edison into space where the weapon disintegrates Edison's body and using an alien ship they commandeered Spock and McCoy save Kirk moments before he is also blown out into space. In the aftermath Commodore Paris closes the files of Captain Edison and the USS Franklin. Though offered the promotion to Vice Admiral, Kirk decides to remain in his position as Captain and Spock chooses to remain in Starfleet and renews our relationship with Uhura. On Kirk's recommendation, Jayla is accepted into Starfleet Academy and the crew celebrates Kirk's birthday. They watch the construction of the new starship USS Enterprise A and resume their mission at the end of the movie. I actually, oh, I don't know, I thought it was going to be a hard time watching this one back because I do recall having those few little issues with it at the start, you know, thinking to myself, oh, they're harkening back to far too much of earlier Star Trek movies here and sort of the stuff that they're covering at the beginning of the movie, like even Kirk and McCoy sitting down for a drink was very, very reminiscent of the Kirk McCoy drink and Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan and uh, of course destroying the Enterprise and you know of course it's when you get to the end of the movie you realise why they've done it, it was a huge plot point uh, you know they're going to go after Edison and his own ship sort of a deal and uh, what they do at the end of the movie you know they're going to like the Edison crash lands at the end of the film, and of course, you know, they weren't going to do that with the Enterprise, they were chasing somebody down, so it had to be sacrificed in the way that it was. Um, just before we go any further, there's a truck of some sort outside the office making a lot of noise, so if you're hearing that in the background, I do apologise. Um, at the end of the film, what it did like was the you were getting a lot more of William Shatner's Kirk. By the end of this movie, and every Kirk finds his, you know, reignites his passion for the captain's chair, and you know they're, they're talking about, and McCoy's talking about, you know, going out in the deep space, and McCoy's like, 
you know, we could get killed at any point. And Kirk's like, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that was just, you know, William Shatner's Kirk coming back and it there. And I did like the little touch when uh, Spock is going through uh, older Spock's personal belongings at the end of the movie. And he's still and two minds to what he is going to do. And he opens up this little uh, photograph of the the Enterprise bridge crew from the future and you actually you know for the first time in the rebooted series you get a little look at the original cast lined up and like and it's blatantly a promotional photograph from one of the movies I believe it was Star Trek 5 I want to say and uh, I was just like that's a nice touch incredibly cheesy but a nice nice touch uh, <laughs> having a really emotional moment from a blatant promotional photograph of the Enterprise crew on board the Enterprise but uh, you know it is what it is and, you know there's a certain level of cheesiness you need to expect from a Star Trek movie and uh, I can I can appreciate that sort of stuff you know like cheese cheese sells <laughs> but, but uh, I did I had a really good time watching this film and uh, this is only the third viewing for me I believe the third viewing like, like it's no more than four or five at this point but uh, you know I can kind of see where the classic people are coming from uh, it's not the Star Trek that I'm used to but it's incredibly incredibly entertaining and the the cast are fantastic in the movie and I have to say, um, I've said it in the last two reviews, since they recast the original crew of the Enterprise, and everyone in there does a fantastic job, from day one, I just haven't been able to take the Simon Pegg as Scotty. I wasn't able to do it in Star Trek, I wasn't able to do it in Star Trek in the Darkness, but I have to say, Simon Pegg won me over in this film. And if they continued it on now, I would be happy and contented to have him in the role of Scotty. Uh, just took a little bit of time to warm up to him. Uh, fantastic, fantastic movie. And uh, we don't know if these movies are going to continue. There has been a lot of talk over the last few years about where they're going to go with Star Trek after this. Of course they're going to have to think about recasting Yelchin as uh, Chekhov uh, it's just a necessary evil at this point like he's, he's gone and uh, they'll have to replace him but I've, I've heard a lot of weird rumours about uh, different people that have came up with ideas one of the, the newest ones that I've heard is Justin Lin may come back to do the fourth one and uh, after the job he did and beyond uh, you know fair enough but one of the craziest ones I heard was Quentin Tarantino had either tried to get the job as director or he came up with a story idea for the Star Trek movie and I really did laugh because I was thinking you know Tarantino I, I like his movies he's a great director but does his style and personality and the stuff that he does 
with that transit and the Star Trek movie, can you imagine it? It's like, you know, unidentified air. <laughs> On a unidentified starship, this is the starship Enterprise. Identify yourself, and then the the response comes across the intercom. Go on yourself. <laughs> but uh, yes, one of the weird little spot there. I uh, didn't want to swear on the the show. I'm trying to keep it as family friendly as possible. But you know where I was going with that. You know, his his dialogue is incredibly colourful. <laughs> That would just be weird to hear that in a Star Trek movie. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Scheme Me Up Body. We're going to be back to uh, Tuesday and Thursday upload schedule. What I'm thinking about doing now that the movies is over is on Tuesdays we're going to do new Star Trek. And on Thursdays we're going to do classic Star Trek. So we're going to be bouncing back and forth from... And I'm thinking I'm going to start off with a series on Star Trek picard for the, the new stuff because um you know coming out of the movies the, the star trek picard series is you know there's a lot of stuff in that there that harkens back to star trek nemesis so i, th- I think it's just a, a natural progression to start off with that series and the new stuff was uh of course the last time we seen picard before that series was within the movie so we're very close to it and they're on here and on Thursday, we're going to be doing the new start or the old Star Trek stuff, classic Thursdays, and we're going to be starting off with Star Trek, the original series, every Thursday for the foreseeable future. It's going to take a while to get through that there, and of course, when we're done with that, we'll go to the next generation and so on and so on. So, uh, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Please consider, you know, giving a little thumbs up and sharing it along to anybody you'd feel would be interested in checking it out and I will talk to you on Tuesday on a new episode This has been a production of Coins Edge Media Thank you so much for listening